this week, we continue in chapter two with not only has he made you alive, but I was divided. We were divided, but Christ has brought us together. So I want you guys just to link arms, man. You know, link arms. I want you to form a wall right here. And just for the heck of it, because I don't want to pick any of y'all out, and any examples I use, please don't take them personal, okay? Please don't. Oh, Ashley's rolling her eyes. Like, there, people could see where I might make them personal just so they could get it, but don't take them personal. It's not really what I thought about you, all right? It's what the Holy Spirit gave me this morning for, for just for an example. It's an example, y'all, so please don't get mad. But just for, just, just for practical purposes, I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the devil. These guys, you guys, man, I was dead, but God. I was divided, but Christ, right? You guys are solid, rock-solid wall. Is that not a rock-solid wall for Jesus right there, man? Yeah, and, and, and you're like, well, he didn't pick me, so like, no, dude, if you want to go up there, go up there. In a minute, you'll be glad I didn't pick you, okay? <laughs> they're like, oh. So, man, they're a rock-solid wall for Christ right there. And, and man, if I'm evil, I cannot get through this, man. I can't get through it. Even wimpy Marissa and Karen and Bonnie and all these, I can't get through. Oh yeah, you're a fitness trainer, right? So am I. <laughs> all right, different kind of fitness though. All right, but anyways, um, yeah, so I can't get through. So if I can't get through to accomplish my evil purposes, what must I do to this rock solid wall to be able to get through? What's that? I got to divide it somehow. I got to divide it somehow, but they know their identity. They know they were dead, and now they know they've been risen to live a new life with Christ, man. They're alive in Christ. They've got a home in heaven, and right now their whole purpose in life is to bring Christ to people and people to Christ. They know that. They're solid, and so somehow I got to get in their heads. Somehow I got to get in there, and I got to divide them because as long as they're in unity, dude, I can't what? Yeah, and I can't penetrate. I cannot, and so so somehow, I got to get them divided here. Hey, Ashley, Ashley, did you know that JJ absolutely hates La Perla? And, and, and JJ, yeah, yeah. And, and, and did you know, JJ, that she absolutely hates Super Taqueria? All right, yeah. And, and like, you know, so you're super loyal to La Perla, right? Does that not anger you that your husband hates La Perla, the place that you love to eat. He, he, I mean, it's really the same. One's a bakery, one's a, a smokehouse, but really a lot of the same. Did you agree it's the same? No, not even close. Do you agree they're the same? When you have to like out of love, go to Super Taqueria for him. Are you really excited? No. And when you have to out of love, go to La Perla. Ah, that's what you're, you're kind of thinking, right? So guys, man, I mean, doesn't it bother you a little bit? Can I just say yeah, doesn't it bother you a little bit? I mean, this is food. This is fitness. Fitness in my mouth, right? This is, this is important right here, right? Yeah, so, so you know, there, there you go. And, hey, Chris, you, you know what Bob was saying about you? Know, you know Bob's a mechanic, right? And he knows a lot about vehicles, right? And I heard him say that Ford, you have a black Mustang, don't you? I heard him say things like Ford stands for found on road dead, and fixed or repaired daily. And, and, and this is the kicker, dude. This is the real, almost, almost, this is, dude, this is the real kicker. Now, he's a BMW mechanic, right? He's got, he works for them communist cars, right? And, and so, 
So, so listen, man, this is, the, this is the real kicker. He said that your Mustang that you think is really cool and makes sounds, he said yours is really only a four-cylinder, and Ford is piping that bad sound in through, in through the speaker. They are, aren't they? On the four-cylinder, yeah. It's got nothing, bro. It's got nothing. So, come on, man. Come on. It's got nothing, you know? And JJ, you don't think Bob's very nice because he's picking on him, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and drive Fords. <laughs> I don't know, you know, in all of that. So, oh my goodness, you two like Fords, don't you? Oh my goodness, y'all feel bad? Uh, no, he likes Fords. He likes Fords. Did you know he likes them too, man? Yeah, if they want to be found on the road dead, no problem. You stand on your own right there in your little communist car, and uh, we're good in all of this. Oh my goodness, you know what Marissa said about you, bro? She said, it is a good thing that all that's required for seeing in church is that you make a joyful noise. <laughs> she said, that is all that is required is that, is that you make a joyful noise because otherwise you'd be hopeless, brother. You, you shouldn't even open your mouth in church. Yeah. Let me see the look you make. Give her a look. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Marissa, you know what he said about you? I can't even say this in public. All right. You know what he said about you? I'm turning my microphone off. Oh, my goodness. This is, you, you make dog cookies? She said, everything you make tastes like dog cookie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. That's, that is what she said, right? And, and you know what Bonnie said about you? She said, your blue hair isn't even your hair. It might be because you bought it, but it's really a wig. I'm just... <laughs> Yeah, 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 because of your other hair. That's why. All right. So now look, I'm evil, and look what now I can do. Look what I can do. I can get in, and I can get in between everything that's here. And all of a sudden, we've got division. And so, how many of y'all know that the world is trying to divide us? We laugh about this, but think about all these ridiculous examples. How many things are we divided from each other on? When in reality, man, we are one in Christ. That is our purpose. That is our mission. That is our identity. And so whether you like La Perla or you like Super Taqueria, you know, you can't let something like that divide. How many of you ever been divided over something as silly as food? Be honest, yeah. Where do you want to go to eat tonight? I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of fights over that in my own house, I'm just saying, but you know, uh, makes of cars. How many of y'all are actually loyal to a car? You know, Bill Cooper, you, you, you're pretty darn loyal to Ford, aren't you? You like those Ford trucks, right? There you go. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. It's like, yeah. So I'm saying we have these loyalties and it's like, I don't care what your loyalty is. It's like, yeah, that's garbage. Oh, that's good. And we get divided over all of that. Uh, how many of you ever heard that somebody said something about you and you never bothered to do the biblical thing, you know, and you were that passive aggressive and you're like, oh, you just believed it. And there was a division because of what you heard. Anybody? Yeah. And so how many of you ever said something they should have probably not said? You gave somebody a piece of your mind you couldn't afford to give away right? <laughs> and, and all of that. So if you can get divided, if you can be divided, then you can't stop evil because you are all worrying about your own thing. And so what we learned last week, and we're going to look at super quick again, is we were dead. 
dude, that's the way the world lives, to divide and, and, and form little groups because all unified, man, nobody, even God did that at the Tower of Babel. Man, they started getting together and saying, oh, you know what, we're going to build a tower and make sure we have our own stuff together and we won't have to depend on God or anybody else. And God said, oh yeah, I'm going to split you up with languages. He divided so he could conquer and he could have conquered without it. But it's a principle. To conquer, you've got to be divided. Understanding your marriages, understanding your families, understand at work, understanding your neighborhoods, understand wherever you live that when you are being divided, who is doing that? It's Satan that's doing it through people. And if you're being used to divide people, then Satan is using you. If you're a believer, you can't be possessed, but you know you can be used, can't you? And we need this unity. I'm not saying we throw away all our principles. In fact, we're going to address that here in Scripture. But you got to understand, as long as you're divided, man, the enemy and evil can preoccupy you and weave its way in and out of anything in your life. But when we are united, and we are united in Christ, the enemy can't penetrate that. Amen? All right, give these guys a hand who are helping out right here. All right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I forgot some of the best ones that I could. Yeah, go ahead and sit down, man. Good. Thank you, guys. Next time, it's you shy people. All right? No, but uh, uh, yeah, I forgot the best ones, like Democrat and Republican. Wouldn't that have been good to have up here? Democrat and Republican Christian? The Republican Christians are saying, dude, there ain't no Democrat Christians. And the Democrat Christians are saying, there ain't no Republican Christians. And believe me, I'm telling you, as a pastor, I've seen them both. We could have liberal and we could have conservative. We could have all these different facets. But the fact is, yes, we feel strongly about certain things. Do you know why God made us all different? Do you know why God... Sometimes the things we feel strong about aren't really biblical and things we should be making our soapbox. Our soapbox is Christ. But you know why God made some of us this way and some of us this way and some of us this way? So that we can reach into the community that he has brought us into. And we can bring Christ to them and, 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 and them to Christ. Bill, believe it or not, dude, God has caused some people to like Chevys. Just, I, I can't understand it. No, I, I drive whatever God brings, man. <laughs> Praise God, I have a Ford right now, all right? And I'm, a, I'm just saying it works for me now. But, you know, because who's going to reach the Chevy people, the Ford people? Not until they convert them to Ford people, right? You know? Brandy see the same thing in surfboards and surf uh, logos and surf companies. The world uses whatever it can do to divide us. But we need to be united. I was dead, but now... But God, now I'm alive. We were divided. You're going to see that in Scripture today. But man, now we are together in Christ. And that's what we've got to do. I asked an old man one time, when I first got saved, okay, um, man, I, I, I gave my life to Christ. I knew he called me to preach long before I even knew had eternal security and knew the doctrines of salvation necessarily. And, and I, I, then I, I got into seminary, and I remember being in Africa, and I was talking to this old man named Gene Williams, and there was a big fight going on in Baptist world, whether you're going to be an independent Baptist or a, or, a, or a Southern Baptist and all these different kind of Baptists and everything. And I said, man, I don't know what I, he said, what do you think, feel like? I said, I'm a saltwater Baptist. <laughs> That's what I was like, you know, it was like, I don't know what, I don't have a title. I don't know. And he said, That's a good answer. And he said, boy, let me tell you what. He said, the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is who? Jesus. Jesus Christ. 
So in that, man, I want to encourage you, and, and I'm going to start back where we did last week, and I'm only going to let out what I think the Holy Spirit wants to let out. If you want more detail on the scriptures that, we, uh, that we're going to go over briefly that we did last week, you can listen to last week's and find those, and then we will get into the new stuff about being divided, but you got to take it together so it all makes sense. So uh, JJ, you going to take me back to the top, please? All right. And uh, we were dead. But what? Help me out. But God, we were divided But Christ. Remember those things. You were dead. If you truly understood how dead you were and he made you alive, you'd be pretty stoked, right? You would want to do. Hey, uh, Tara and Chris, come on up here just for a second, man. I got one more thing real quick, real super quick. All right. And, uh, and uh, Sabrina, come on up. I know I, I did, told you I was going to get you shy people up here, man, right? All right, so Chris, 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 come here. Chris. here here's an illustration we've used with Terry before, right? So, so you, you, here's your wife, right? Okay, and but right now you're a Mack truck. You are a giant Mack truck. Can I just see you pull up and go? Mmm, mm. Okay, that's that's that. He's shy. All right, so I'll make the noises for you. All right, Sabrina, Sabrina, you are a superhero. Okay, can you can you give us a superhero pose? Some kind? Yeah, there you go. Let me tie your cape on. Hang on. All right, good. Straighten it out for you. All right. She's a superhero, and here's a Mack truck, and here's Tara, just an innocent bystander. Okay, so I just want you to just kind of like act like you're doing nothing. I know. You have to take your nose, but just go, la, 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 la. Okay. All right. Here comes the Mack truck. Ready? Start right here, bro. All right. Here comes the Mack truck, and he is coming, and he is coming, and he's going to run her over, right? You see this as a superhero, and so what you're going to do, all right, come on, come on, come on, Mack truck, let's go, let's go. Stop, 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 freeze right here, because in a moment, she's going to be crushed by a Mack truck. So what I want you to do is step between her and the Mack truck and crush her. Just crush her, man. <laughs> and fall down like you're crushed. Can you do that? She's crushed. All right, she's done, the Mack truck. And now you see that you were saved from a Mack, being hit by a Mack truck, right? So what would you be concerning this superhero that just saved you? Would you be? You would be very grateful, yeah, right? Very grateful. And, 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 and she, she's in the, you want to help her up? She's in the hospital, dude. She's hurt. Oh, okay. What if she says, hey, can you like go get my mail for me? Would you go to her house and get her mail? Yeah, totally. Would you say, hey, will you feed my dog while I'm in hospital because I saved you? Yeah. Will you, will you help me out? And you would do anything, right? Because she saved your life. What if all she said was this? I just want you to tell people what I did for you. Yeah, wouldn't that be easy? All this superhero wants her to do is tell everybody what she did for her. Does that sound like anybody familiar? Isn't that what Christ did? We were getting ready to get creamed. We weren't done, man. No, it's all good. No, no, it's all good. You really did want to help her up. You were appreciative. Yeah. Man, we were getting ready to be crushed, totally crushed by sin. And Christ stepped in at the right moment and he saved us. He doesn't want us feeding his dog. He doesn't want us getting his mail. What does Christ, what did he tell us? And it, as, as he was being ascended, what did he say? He said, go as you're going into the world, do what? Make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And in case you don't remember what making disciples is, it's teaching others what I have taught you. He said, I just want you to be a witness and tell others what I have done for you. You're a witness as to what he has done. How many of y'all think that's a hard job? How many of y'all think that's a doable job? Just simply tell. Cast your hands. You think it's a doable job? 
That's what we're called to do. And when we see what he did for us, we're grateful, right? Thank you, shy people, for coming up, man. All right, I think we're done with all this stuff now, but <laughs> we were dead, dude. We were dead, and if you're the one that got rescued, Brad's like, oh, thank God he didn't pick me, man. It's, they are still young, brother, and I don't have any more in mind, so the next ones that come, they're from straight out of God, man, and they're, I don't know, Bob, but you're, you're next. Don't feel like you're neglected, okay? All right, all right. We were dead, and, 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 if, and he raised us to life, man, and, and, and that's, we would do anything for him. So that's what we looked at last week. In fact, look again. You're like, well, where'd you get that? Once you were what? You were dead. Every single person in the world, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your what? What's the next two words? Last two? Mini sins. Yeah. Not like, well, I had a few. You know, only when my brother provoked me when I was little or whatever. No, many sins over and over. And we talked last week how this word disobedience, transgression, trespass means where we go to a place that God didn't want us to go. God said, don't be doing that. And you trespass his boundary and you go there. And that word sin is missing the mark. All right, I'm not going there anymore. I'm going to do what you want me to do, God. And God is perfection. And you shoot the arrow and you miss the bullseye. You're trying to do what God wants you to do, but you just don't hit it. Anybody ever do that? The more you try to be good, the worse you get. Does that ever work for anybody here? Yeah, that's sin. You can't achieve perfection on your own, yet that's what God requires. And so he said, you used to live in sin. You were failure. That's another word for sin. Literally in the Greek is failure. He said, you used to live as a failure. So if the whole world is sinning all the time and they're all failing, guess what they try to do with success? They change the definition. They take sin and now redefine it as success. And God says, no, anything short of my perfection is failure. But what that's going to do to my self-esteem? And if I don't love me, how can I love others? And all this stuff. But what he's saying is, man, I want you to to fall in love with me, and you realize I love you in spite of your failures, and I want to give you strength and power to overcome those failures, and you're filled with this love, and then you'll spend your life helping others. And the self-esteem issue, man, how many of y'all like people that help you? Anybody like people that truly do love you? How many of y'all know people that every time they call, every time they knock, every time you see them, they want something? How many of y'all know some? Anybody know takers? Yeah, all of y'all know takers. Uh, hey, uh, Steve, Chris, a taker calls up and you're like, oh, I have to, that relative, that person, I have to answer the phone, but you don't want to, right? But if it's somebody that's always bringing good to you, somebody that loves you and it's always trying to make you a success, how many of y'all like that? I mean, that you want to answer, you want to, you want to open the door to that, don't you? How many of y'all got people in your life like that? And isn't that good? So which one do you want to be? Do you want to be the person they're like, oh, dang, there's Eddie again. Or do you want to be like, oh, good. Yeah, can we hang out? That's who we want to be in there. But he said, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, but the world has defined sin as success. And just as somebody was talking, Nate was talking with the bananas and all of that, they think they're bad. So, so they define success or, or, or what we do as sin. It's backwards. But he said, you used to live in this failure. He said, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. Who's that? The devil. He's in charge. He is in charge. He said, he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. 
So again, even if you're a believer at the times when you are refusing to believe God and you are, believe, you are doing things the world's way, who are you pleasing at that point? Who are you following? Hey, Bob, who are you following? At that point, you're, you're, you're pleasing Satan. That might be your goal, but if you choose to do it against Christ, you're like, okay, I'm following Satan. How many of y'all think it's a good idea to follow Satan? But how many of y'all do it daily? That's what we do. We, got, we have to have a different mindset. We have to really be focused in on the fact that, man, we are Christ's child, and constantly we've got to be seeing life from his perspective and following him. Because often when we go follow Satan, it's just because we've been distracted, our emotions, we're living off of feelings, we're living off of bad thoughts, and all these different things. He used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God, including your own when, now again, you're a believer, you are already possessed by who? God Almighty, Holy Spirit, and he ain't got room for devil in you, all right? There, you cannot be possessed by two people. You are possessed by God Almighty if you're a believer, but you can surrender to whatever Satan wants to do, and he knows how to dangle bait in front of our face. You saw how easy it was to, this, to you know, Karen brings some cookies, and uh, uh, she, she makes me a key lime pie, and that didn't even used to be her specialty, but now this because she's been making it now, she brings me this key lime pie for my birthday, man, and I know all the love, effort, she crushes every graham cracker and all every, or whatever, uh, what did you put, you, macadamia nuts and stuff, yeah, dude, she makes it from scratch, I hope it's not this scratch, but I'm just saying, man, she puts it together, she brings it to me and says, hey, how'd you like the cake, because isn't that what, I mean, now she's not doing it to get praise, she's doing it because she wants me to love what she give, gave me because it was made in love. And what if I now said, oh, it kind of tastes like a dog cookie. <laughs> hey, them dog cookies make a lot of money. I know, but that don't mean they taste good. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but but you, you, you see how easy it is to divide. You see how easy it is to separate. You see how easy it is what do we call it in this world? To get butt hurt, all right? You see how easy it is to be offended by anything and everything. In fact, hasn't that been the MO for, for sure for at least the last five, six years? I mean, there's memes that say, well, America, good morning. What are we going to be offended by today? Is that what Christ says? No, dude. In fact, I put a meme out not too long ago this week, then it got a lot of response. Not that's what I'm looking for, but I mean, it, it was something that people saw, and it said the legalist Christian, to them, the world is their enemy. To the, to the backs or to the, the lukewarm Christian, the world's their friend. But to the spiritual Christian, the one on fire for Christ, it, their enemy is their mission field. Something along those lines there. This is our mission field. That's our only purpose is to make disciples. And we can't afford to get sidetracked. You know, Cap? Uh, you know, when you, you did like SWAT stuff, I quit, I don't want to bring all that up again, you know, but, but you're just there, guy, you know, when you guys, I mean, you literally were in the middle of battles, right? Little like gun battle stuff. I don't want you to bring back, but in the middle of those battles, what were you focused on? The mission. And you were the leader and you had to get everybody else focused on it. What if you looked over and you saw a couple of guys exchanging key lime pie recipes in the middle of that? Yeah. 
Uh, you know what I'm saying? Is that not ridiculous that in the middle of a battle, you guys are over here or you're arguing, well, I like graham cracker crust. No, I like crushed macadamia nut crust. No, I like it cooked. I like it. Cat of a can. What? You have a battle to fight. Stay focused. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. The devil wants nothing more than to have our hearts refuse to obey God, whether it's on purpose or not on purpose. And he goes on, he says, all of us used to live that way. So how many of y'all used to live that way? All of you and uh, used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclination of our, of our, of our human nature, of our sinful nature, human nature, wanting what I want again. That's what it's about. By our very nature, we were subject to God's wrath. That says anger there, but it's God's wrath because the wages of sin, a sinful nature, is, is eternal death. It has to be punished. You know, if, if, how many of y'all have, have, have sin in your life right now? Anybody? Yeah, it's paid for. We all have stuff, right? Every one of us, and we, we categorize, I got this big one, I got this little one, whatever. They're all the same. The only thing different is the consequences. Now, eternally, if you're a believer, they're all paid for, okay? If you're not a believer and you're not trusting Christ, they aren't paid for, okay? But, but when we come to church and God reveals a sin to you, hey, Gene, God reveals a sin to you. I know that's hard to believe, all right, because you're perfect in Bob's eyes, but I'm just saying when he reveals a sin, what are you supposed to do with that sin? You give it to him, you get rid of it. You don't sit here and try to figure out a way to keep it to redefine it, to change it, so you can hang on to it and even find other people. Hey, does anybody else like graham cracker crust on their key lime pie? Come on, you know? I'm not saying that's sin, but I'm just saying we find other people and now we start our own church where, where we all believe in that one sin that, well, we all have it. We're not trying to get rid of it, but we're gonna ignore, you know, that's our unity right there. No, any sin that comes in our life that's revealed, God wants us to get it out of our life so we can be more like him and he's perfect, and we'll be satisfied when we get to be who he wants us to be. So we don't live in our sins. And I think the devil would love for the church to live in their sins, to excuse their sins, because the world already takes the sin and redefines it as success. We can't do that because of the word of God. We just want to find people to support it so we can all feel good about it and work on other things. So by our nature, we were subject to God's anger. And, uh, but once we got saved, the wrath was eased. Now it's covered by the blood of God. So we were all dead, but God, this is what we looked at last week. We're going to move on super quick here. It says, but God is so rich in mercy. Hey, Christy, what's mercy again? If grace is getting more than you deserve, mercy, if you ever have mercy on saying, is he getting what he deserves? No, mercy is not getting what you deserve, right? Emily, you are now Zane's coach. Are you going to give Zane any mercy? Uh, his wife's saying, no, not especially after that little Anna. No, you're like that. What was that? that the biggest loser. Remember when you were young? And, and yeah, Jillian or whatever. You, you guys remember Jillian, the biggest loser? I don't know if you ever watched that, but she was tough. And Emily used to emulate her when she was like, I can't even wait to see her. Going. Yeah, she was like, oh, you're like, oh, no, Jillian, don't do that. That's tough. But that's Emily. So y'all need a tough coach, man. She's it. But I can't wait. She got Zane crying like a baby, man. And then she's going to be patting his back. Oh, it'll be okay, you know. But God is so rich in mercy, not giving us what we deserve. We deserve death. But, and he loved us so much. That's the only reason he picked us is because he loves us. 
that even though we were dead because of our sins, we were dead because of our sins, there was nothing spiritually alive. We didn't need to be resuscitated. We didn't need rest. We needed to be resurrected. We were dead. This bucket is dead. Is there anybody here that's pretty good at sharing the gospel? Who can share the gospel pretty good? Let me see your hand. Come on. Anybody? Cap, you can, uh, yeah, Captain Mac, you can do it. Yeah, dude, Russ, you can do it. All right, so we got Captain Mac. What was the organization you used to be with, like, Youth for Christ back in the day or Life for Christ and, and, and all that? And you share the gospel. You're, you're with uh, uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Okay, so we've got, what was yours, Youth for Christ? We got Youth for Christ against Fellowship of Christian Athletes, all right? All right, who's all for Youth for Christ? Okay, who's all for Fellowship of Christian Athletes? All right, let's go again. Youth for Christ. Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Okay, the real winner will be determined by this dead bucket. Which one of you can share the gospel good enough, good enough to make this bucket come alive? Not you? How about you, Kat? No, you had to think about it, though, didn't you? You're like, yeah, I got a little more experience, but I could talk this bucket into, can this bucket come alive with a human being sharing words to it? No. The only way, let me ask you a question. Is there any way in the world this bucket could come alive? How many of y'all believe God could make this bucket alive? And believe me, if it came alive right now, dude, church would be over because y'all be picking me up here. But he can do it. Can he not? And you know what? You, how many of y'all did he make alive? Did he make you alive? You were no hard. No, this bucket's no harder to be made alive than you were. You were as dead as the bucket. And if you don't have Christ, spiritually, you're as dead as this bucket. You're like, no, I can kind of understand. But you don't get it until Christ makes you alive. And in all of this, so we were dead because of our sins. He gave us life. Dude, I mean, would you not like have great faith if you saw this bucket come alive? Yeah. Marissa, why are we sharing the gospel with the guy yesterday? Because like the bucket, maybe he was alive, maybe not, but you want to see him come alive. Every time we, man, why are you pouring your life? Why did you move from where you are and, and doing what you're doing? And man, I know you love everything and it made no sense when it all started except the fact that God told you to, right? Why do you do it? Because what's, what do you want to see? You want to see the dead buckets in this world. And I'm not being disrespectful. I'm talking about people who don't know Christ to come alive. Morgan, how about you? Man, has it been a cakewalk? I mean, it has, it just been, ooh, ever since you went to West Palm? Yeah, it kind of has, but I still hear about your difficulties and different things that go on. Most people don't consider that a cakewalk. You know what you consider it a cakewalk? Because you're focused on what's supposed to happen. Every situation is a God-ordained situation to bring people to Christ and Christ to people. And so as long as we keep that focus, we're good. If we understand that everything is happening for our good to become more like Christ in his glory, we have a lot less anxiety. So he goes on and says, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you have been saved. You're like, we heard all this last week. We're almost done with last week's stuff. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realm because we're united with Christ. So because we're united with Christ, we can have fellowship with him. We are not actually physically seated with him now one day we will be when we go to heaven, correct? We will be physically with him. We'll be, but even before that, we'll be in the millennial kingdom after the rapture. 
we will be with him for a thousand years on this planet in a glorified body. Anybody ready for a glorified body? Yeah. Man, there's arthritis when this cold hits, man. I can feel them cold fronts. How about y'all? I'm just saying glorified bodies, and we're going to be with him forever then. But right now, can you be with him? Matt, can you be with him right now? Yeah, and you're doing it right now. He's praying, God, please send the rapture right now. No, just, yeah, you can be with him anytime you want as a believer. You can have that fellowship. Didn't the Old Testament saints have that? No, no, dude, not at all. They tried to obey, and once a year, the high priest could come into the Holy of Holies. But when Christ died, what happened to that big old thick fat curtain? It ripped from the top to the bottom and said, now because of Christ, you have access. Don't squander it. Man, he seated us in the heavenly places, the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. And that's the only reason. It wasn't because Scott was a good guy. God said, he's got potential. I think we'll take him. No, you had no potential. You were a dead bucket, bro. He said, he's got nothing. So why in the world? Chris is a dead bucket. Why did he pick you? Because he loved you. And he sees who you are going to be, which is like him. But he picked you before the beginning of the time, before you even had a chance to either be a success or failure. Before anything, he picked you. And I know that's true because that's what scripture says. So, and here's why he did it. Look at this. Here's what he wants to say is, so God can point to us in all future ages. God can say, ha, you see this bucket? You see this person? You see Bob? Look at him. Look at Bob. Look, he's following. Bob used to be a bucket. <laughs> Bob was a dead bucket. And the, oh, Ryan, oh my goodness. Now, I watch you grow up, bro. And I could tell them stories, and I probably have already, but you're like, please don't. But, but man, I remember when you were a bucket, dude. Now you're thriving. You were a dead bucket. Now, so God's like, he was a dead bucket, but I gave him grace. Everything he is, I made him that. And if you're a person that likes to take credit for that kind of stuff, you're going to be in trouble with God because he wants all the credit, right? Did you do anything to change from being a dead bucket to who you are now? No. He gave you the desire and the ability, and you followed him. And even if you resist, when he takes you home, you're going to be just like him. But it's much more fun to become who he wants you to become. It's much more of a blessing. So, man, he says, here's why I did it. So in future ages, as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us, he wants to take you, he, want, he wants to use you an example to everyone. Look what I did with Bob. Look what I did with Gene. Look what I did with Nell. Look what I did with Gary. Gary, did he do anything in your life? Yeah, Nell, do you remember him before Christ? Yeah, I wish she could all see that face. She goes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, there's no denying that he's got Christ living in him. There is a change, and, 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 and God gets all the glory. God gets all the credit, because you know Gary ain't capable of that. You already saw he was capable of for all those years, right? Now you see what God is capable of doing, and that's what he says. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ again. Uh, God saved you by his grace when you believed. All you had to do was say, all right. Uh, you know what it, it means when you believed? How many of y'all like came to a point and said, I'm tired of being in charge. I'm tired of being the boss. I, I don't want to be, I, God, I've made a mess in my life. God, I, I, I'm done. I'm done. Be Mandy Joe, you ever come to that point? I'm done. If you don't do something, God ain't getting done. I remember when you did that. 
man. And then you symbolize it by getting dunked out there, which by the way, if somebody wants to get baptized really, really bad today, we'll do it. But otherwise, we're going to wait for a warm front. But <laughs> you might get sprinkled today, but I'm just saying, man, you said, I'm tired. I'm done. I'm done. God, take it. And that's what salvation is. That's what you did. You realize without him, you were hopeless. Well, where'd you get that? I'll show you that in the new stuff we're coming to. And he says, you can't take credit for this. It is a what? Hey, Bonnie, how much does a gift cost? How much does a gift cost? Like someone giving you a gift? Yeah, all you got to do is receive it, right? So if I got a gift for you, like, and, and I'm chasing you around your whole life, what do you got to do with this? If I, if I got a gift for you, you just got to take it, right? But if I chase you around, man, like a stalker and chase you around, hey, Bonnie, take the gift, take the gift. If you don't take it, it's not yours, right? You got to take the gift. How many of y'all remember taking the gift with Christ? <laughs> yeah. And so some of us, he did chase us around for a while. <laughs> and, uh, and after I ran into a few more trees, then I took the gift, all right? But he says, you can't take credit for it. It's a gift from God. Salvation's not a reward for the good things we've done. So much bad theology believes that. Oh, if I'm good enough, when I'm good enough, then God will accept me. What do you think about that? Taylor Twins, what do y'all think about that? When I can achieve this status, then God will accept me and be happy with me. Is that what scripture says? Does your, does your, I'm not picking on you guys for any reason. I'm just picking on, because everybody can experience this. But how many of y'all ever feel that, that you're responsible for God liking you. Yeah, you know what? You ain't got jack to do with it. <laughs> you didn't do anything for, to cause him to love you. Did you know that? You guys didn't do anything to cause him to love you. He loved you, at, loved you out of, and loves you out of his own choice. There's nothing you can do to earn his love, to deserve his love, to warn his love, because his love is what's the P word that ends with P and ends with ectic, per perfectic. Help me. It's perfect. Help me up. God's love is what? It's perfect. So if it's perfect, can it get any worse? No. And so if you mess up, you ever mess up? If you mess up and he's got perfect love, does he like, oh, which one are you again? I'm sorry. Caitlin. All right. And you're Gabrielle, right? So Caitlin, I, I just, right now, I cannot tell the difference. Your parents are going to school me again on how to tell but y'all dress alike and everything. So I'm just like, help me out. Give me a little something one day. But anyway, like a name tag. No, I'm just messing with you. But, <laughs> but if you're perfect, man, there's nothing you can do to mess up his love for you. Is there anything you can do to get a little more love from God? Chrissy, I want God to love me. I want him to love me. Can he love you anymore? So if you're not feeling that love or experiencing that love, is it because it's not there? No. It's just you're not as close to him. I remember a story, another old country preacher. Now that I'm a camera, I'll tell you all them country stories, man. But, um, man, I remember a country story, the, the, this old country preacher, and he was talking about he had a couple, and the story was, remember the old Ford pickup trucks, Bill, with, when they used to have, like, like, bench seats? Remember the old pickup truck with bench seats? Now they got, like, everything, space seats. But, man, they're in that bench seat, and the wife's over there by this window over here, and she's hanging out, and they're going down a country road, and she's like, you know, honey, you remember when we used to be all snuggled up when we were on a drive in the truck? And, you know, you know what I'm talking about? She's on one end, he's over there driving, and she says, you remember when we used to get all cuddled up and snuggled up, and we used to, you know, and he said, well, I ain't gone nowhere. <laughs> he's still right there at the steering wheel. She's the one that moved over. 
So if you're missing that cuddling time with God, dude, he ain't gone nowhere. <laughs> Nate, you got to leave on that one. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he ain't gone nowhere, man. God is still at the steering wheel, man. And it's you kind of looking out the window days and you thinking about other things, doing other things. Love for you is perfect. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. So none of us can boast about it And um, in that. For we are God's masterpiece. Hey, there you go, Taylor Twins. You ever think about that? You know, we have a, uh, you're his masterpiece. You're bookends, man. I know you're not exactly, you're his masterpiece. And, and he's an artist and he's still, aren't you glad he's still working on you? Yeah, he is. But progress is direction, not speed, dude. He's still working. He's still working on me, believe it or not. <laughs> I, how many of y'all are glad he's not done with me yet? <laughs> this is not the final product, amen? So he's a, we're his masterpiece. We're his poem. It was funny because uh, a couple of people told me that after last week, they were inspired to start writing. They were writing a poem. And uh, anyways, I thought that was cool because God, we are his poem. That's what that Greek word means. He said, we're his masterpiece. He created us brand new in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things. So why did he create us? Why did he make us alive? So that we can do what? Good things. Oh, I know what's a good thing. Let's divide Ford and Chevy people. Hey, let's divide maskers and non-maskers, vaxxers and no-vaxxers. Let's, uh, who would have even thought three years ago that would even be a thing? No, that was conspiracy theory back then. I'm just saying, but you know, who, who would have thought? Let, let's divide Democrats and Republicans. Let's divide. Is that a good thing, what he's talking about? No, you're either in Christ or you're not. Like we learned in Ephesians chapter one, you remember the Frisbee? That is Christ. And everything in this world is like one of the, the barrel of monkeys hanging on the side. But yet we feel sometimes that the world, that Christ is peripheral to the world. We're just like, here's Christianity, here's Muslim, here's Hindu, here's nothing, here's this, here's that. And, 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 but the fact is, is Ephesians 1.22 in the message says that, man, the world, uh, Christian, uh, the church is not peripheral, hanging on the outside of the world. The church is the world. Everything is peripheral to the world. And if you're in Christ, you're in that Frisbee, dude. And, and our goal being in there is to bring everyone and everything into that. Because when it's all said and done, what's the only thing that's going to be left? The church. And I'm not talking about driftwood or whatever church you have at home. I'm not talking about a building. The church, the called out the ones that were called out of being a barrel of monkeys hanging on the outside of a Frisbee and called into Christ. That's all that's going to matter in a little while. And then for eternity, that's all going to matter. But yet we kind of think, well, I got to hang on to the world because that all matters right now. No, the church is all that matters. I'm not trying to build a church here. You know that. We're trying to make disciples. So I'm not talking about the building, the organization. I'm talking about the organism. The word ecclesia means called out from and brought into. That's what God has done with us. For we're God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he's planned for us long ago. The good things, which is not the division. So be careful what we're doing. So we were what? But God. Everybody just say, but God. <laughs> oh, man, but God. And then now we're going to look at we were what? divided, but Christ. So man, because you're grateful that he made you alive, 
you have the ability to not be divided. And he did everything he did so that we wouldn't be divided. He's the reason we're not divided. Check this out. We were divided. It's Ephesians uh, chapter 2, uh, verse 11 and 12. He said, don't forget. He First of all, he starts off about talking about being divided. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be the outsiders. Okay? You were called uncircumcised heathens. You uncircumcised heathen. How many of y'all are Gentiles? Yeah, you uncircumcised heathen, you know? Man, you know, you don't, we're, we're the elite Jews. We're on the inside looking out at you guys on the outside looking in. We're special. And they were. God wanted to use the Jews to bring the Messiah. And God has always been a, a interested in evangelism. He said, I'm going to create a system for you Jews to live by that's going to be so unique, so different that you will not be able to function successfully in anybody else's society. So I want you to live in yours by the rules I give you to worship me. And I'm going to bless your socks off. Look, he blessed my socks off. <laughs> he said, I'm going to bless your socks off, man. And in fact, I don't even own socks. He's blessed them so bad. But I'm going to bless your socks off. And, and, and if you follow me, and then when they see you getting blessed and having success, you can tell them they can come and live the way I've designed you to live. That was his plan. But Israel kind of likes socks. <laughs> Israel saying, well, I want a little bit of what the world has. I want a little bit of what the Moabites have. The Moabite women, you seen the Moabite women? <laughs> they got in trouble for that. You seen the, the leeks, the garlic. I mean, who can't go right now? Dude, Julie, would it not be awesome if, if your husband had just a fresh clove of garlic in his mouth and you had a big leek right there and y'all were just shouting, wouldn't you absolutely love it? Man, garlic and leeks, that's what Egypt had to offer, right? The garlics, the leeks, all. Oh! Man, instead of God, <laughs> oh, if we could just go back and have what we had, the garlics, the leeks, the Moabite women, the whatever, they kept going out instead of taking God's plan. And God said, if you ever do blow off my plan, I'm going to treat you just like I treated them, and I'm going to destroy you just like I destroyed them. He's not done with them yet, but they ain't, real, they ain't a real dominant force the way he, like he wanted them to be. They will be again. So he said, don't forget you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens. Now you guys know circumcision was when uh, he made the deal, when he cut the deal with Abraham. How you like that pun? Uh, <clears throat> so he cut the deal with Abraham. He said, the way we're going to identify you is you're going to take the foreskin on your penis and you're going to cut it off. You imagine Abraham like, wait a minute. How many of y'all are glad that all we have to do is give our life to Christ? <laughs> I'm just saying. So that was the deal, that, that little, that, choop, that snip. And what the purpose was, it was cutting away the flesh. And yes, it was a physical thing, about as physical as you can get for a guy, but what it was to stand for was in our heart. He wanted our heart circumcised, cut away the flesh in our heart. Every time our flesh wants something, we cut it away to do what God wants us to do. And it was supposed to be a reminder of that. And so that's why he says, man, you used to be outsiders. You were called the uncircumcised because you weren't it, you, you didn't get cut in on Abraham's deal by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision. Look at this. Even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. God, can you imagine going through something, especially as an adult, that painful and it not really be what it's supposed to be in God's eyes? It's supposed to remind them that, man, we cut away the flesh out of our lives. He said, so all it is is an external thing at this point. You guys weren't part of it. You were excluded, you know? You were, you were cast out. 
He said, in those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship. Not only were you excluded, there were the Jews, and they were making fun of you and keeping you out, and you guys were all separated, and there was no unity. You were fighting over religion. And by the way, there was so much division in the old world. Uh, the Greeks, the Greeks, you guys know the Greek people thought that their language was from the gods, and there were only two races. You were either Greek or you were barbarian. You didn't speak Greek, you spoke, you were barbarian. You didn't even matter. There was so much racism and all of that going on in their world. It's not a new thing. The world's always been trying to divide so it can conquer. And racism has always been one of them. If we can classify you by a race, you know, Marissa, oh, here's the little Wisconsinese uh, section, right? How many more Wisconsinese people do we have? I don't want to call you cheeseheads. Yeah. Oh, oh, you see it? Yeah. That's us, man. You know? Oh, yeah. Look, there. that's your identity. If that's your only identity, dude, you need to get a new one. I'm just saying all of us, all of us need to, but that's, you know, that's what's happened in the world. If we find our own little niche and we identify, there it is. But we're all supposed to identify with Christ. When I first started studying this, you know what? Here's the one thing God gave me. Write this down if you're taking notes. Think about it. I kept thinking about all the race relations of problems. And you know what God said? He said, there's only one race. Run it. <laughs> That's what he told me. So if you don't remember anything else, there's one race. Run it. Once you're a believer, you are neither Jew nor Greek nor Canadian nor Wisconsinese or Vermontan, Vermontanian or <laughs> you know, or Mexican, or is that okay, right? Yeah, she's Mexican, Mexican City, where, I don't know where, I'm, I'm a Polak, dude, any Polaks in here? Yeah, dude, tell me when we got, I mean, you Polaks, did you guys get Polak jokes when you were little? Yeah, did we get all hurt? No, dude, we threw them right back at the Cubans, and at the Jews, and everybody, we, we all lived alike, we like, we knew it wasn't serious, yeah, did sticks and stones break my bone, no, but, and the names did kind of hurt sometimes, but then you get over it, you realize what it is, but now we have something way better, we have Christ, so man, well, I'm a Polish Christian, well, I'm an African Christian, no, I'm a, yeah. no, dude, you're a Christian, we start giving all these titles to American, and to all these things, you know why those titles come in, to divide us, you could go back in history and look at our different presidents in America and Teddy Roosevelt, these different guys had so many sayings is that basically you're an American or you're not. And I don't want anybody like, you know, woohoo, patriot. I, I'm, I'm using that as an illustration for Christ. You're not a Polish Christian. You're not an American Christian. You're not a, a Haitian Christian. You are a Christian. That is now your identity. If Christ is not your only and main identity, you don't really understand the lordship of Jesus Christ. Because lordship means he is Lord, and Lord means he is boss over how much? Everything. Now, I'm not saying don't be eating punskis and pierogi and, you know, your, your cultural food. I dig it, man. Keep making that cultural food. I'll help you eat it, right? But that's not your identity, and that's not how you get separated. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. You didn't know the covenant promises. You were not only separated from Israel, you're separated from God. So you're out on your own trying to make your little posse and your little group important. You lived in this world without God. And when you live without God, what does it say at the end there? You were what? That's the main point. Not that you guys were heathens, not that you guys were Greeks, not that you guys were from Ephesus or from Tyatira or from one of these other cities, that was not your identity because they had sports teams and that's where their identity was from. 
By the way, in the down kind of way, I was sort of rooting for, uh, for Green Bay last night. Sorry about that. I, I, but they didn't make it, though, did they? No. Yeah, I, I went to bed. Not that I've been watching football, but I was kind of watching it over the top of my computer screen. But, but Aaron Rodgers, I, kind of, I was going to say Brett Favre, but he was back in the day. I, I, like, I like Aaron Rodgers. But anyways, that's not our identity. Look what it says in that last sentence. You lived in this world without God. So if you live in this world without God, if you know somebody that lives in, how many of y'all know somebody that lives in this world without God? Look at what the word of God, which is always true, says. They are what? Without hope. And if you love them, you want them to have hope. And the only thing that brings hope is living with God. If you're without God, you have no hope. He says, you lived in this world without God and without hope. If you have God, if you have God, what do you have? Hope. It may not be in this life. I mean, it could be and it should be, but you got one in the life to come, right? Man, <laughs> you got Connie. You, you got a perfect home. When you leave this planet, you got a perfect home. And how long you'll get to live in that perfect home? Forever. And you're going to be with perfect people. I see who you came to church with today. You ain't with perfect people right now, are you? You know, and they ain't with perfect people either because you're there. But I'm just saying, none of us are perfect. We're going to be a perfect people in a perfect place with a perfect God, and we're going to be perfectly there forever. Amen? That's our hope, our blessed hope. And we got a little bit of hope of some good stuff going on now because we know what our job is. And he gives us pretty cool things to do when we stay focused on it. Amen. So look at this next part. But Christ. So I was divided. I was divided from the Jews. I was divided from God. I was divided by other races, other classes. In fact, he'll start addressing this more. Look at this. But now, it's like the but God statement, but now you've been united with Christ. But now you've been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were, how far away from God were you? Yeah, how far? Yeah, how, how, do, how would you even describe far? I mean, when God talks about our sins being separated from us, you know, he talks about from the east to the west, right? That's how far. And from the east to the west, it's infinity. It keeps going around. That's how far you were away from God. You weren't this far, this far. You're eternally separated from him. And he says, man, you, now you've been united with Jesus. Once you were, very, you were eternally separated, you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Hey, so how would you define near? In you, yeah. I was going to say, is he sitting on your lap? <laughs> would that be near enough? If I came and sat on your lap, <laughs> would that be near enough? No, you've, I'm not going to. He's in you. That's how you've been, you've been brought near uh, to him through, and what is the only thing that brings you near to Christ? It, is it your goodness, your obedience, your living up to his, the standard you set for yourself with him, or that even that he set as perfect? No, what brought you to him? Yeah, and I'm sorry to pick on you right now, but I just, I'm focused in right now. I don't know why, but it's like the blood, his blood, you know? He dumped his blood on you. It's on you. So when God looks down at you from heaven on your worst day as well as his best, your best day, what does he see first? Jesus' blood. Does he like Jesus' blood? It's his favorite thing. 
So on your worst day as well as your best day, that's the first thing he sees, and you're acceptable to him. Man, you know, I think about that a lot because it's all my worst days in my standards that I think that often he doesn't want to see me. But on my best days, God, you're so lucky to have me. Everybody have those moments? God, I'm doing pretty good today. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying I got a lot of them, but honestly, we live in a performance-oriented world, and it's hard to keep it out of our theology, isn't it? But when you're walking with, all right, good, I've done this, I've done this, it's been this many, I've done this, I've done this, yes. And then the minute you fail, you're just like, oh. And you feel like sometimes you got to go all the way back for God to like you again. But you know what I was thinking? I, I, I was thinking, yeah, sure, he likes me on my good days, but my bad days, maybe not. But in reality, my good days, if he were performance-oriented, he'd probably not really like me because I'm so full of pride. <laughs> I'm a on my bad day is when I'm really humble and saying, God, I give up. I can't do it. God, it's over. It's done. It's you or nothing. And that's the way we are in that. So I'm not advocating and saying we have to be performance oriented, but I'm just saying on your worst day as well as your best day, when he looks down at you, he sees the blood of Jesus. Amen? If you've got it, if you don't have that covering you, you can have it covering you if you give your life to him. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Jesus, for Christ himself has brought peace to us. And here's the peace he's going to talk about. There's peace between, uh, who, was your, who was your number one enemy before you got saved, Marissa? God, yeah. God was your number one enemy because that's the only one that's going to last. You had to have peace between you and God, and that's one of the us's. But then you had other enemies, and I want you to start naming them. You could probably go through your high school yearbook. Oh, yeah, you know, you know, go through your middle school yearbook. Go through, you know, go through your Facebook friends, whatever, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, but he said Christ himself has brought peace to us between everyone. Look at this. He united Jews and Gentiles. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine him uniting Jews and Gentiles? <laughs> if you can't, you don't know enough about Jews and Gentiles. But it's like Greeks and everybody else. It's like, can you imagine him uniting Democrats and Republicans? Can you imagine him uniting conservatives and liberals? Can you imagine him uniting blacks and whites? Uh, yeah, I went there because world is, oh, you can't say nothing. No. Man, I grew up when busing started, dude. <laughs> Y'all ever watch, what was that movie, Remember the Titans? Anybody seen that movie, Remember the Titans? I grew up at that time. I'm a little kid at the Pine Hills Boys Club, and we were white. We walked over, and all of a sudden, they bust everybody from Carver Shores, which is black, into Pine Hills, and everybody from Pine Hills at Carver Shores. There were race riots at the middle school all the time. But at the Boys Club, I'm young. I went to the Catholic school. They put me there to try to keep me out of trouble. It didn't work. They just had more money. With, they could buy better drugs. But I'm just saying, man, at the Pine Hills Boys Club, as a little kid, I'll never forget this dude named Fred Butts. How can you forget that name? Fred Butts. He ended up actually being drafted in the NFL, and he was a nose guard for the University of Miami, probably around 1980 to 84, somewhere in there. He was awesome, but we were little kids, man, 10, 11, 12 years old, and we're at the boys' club, and we didn't know no better, man. All of a sudden, all the black kids got bust in. All us white kids are there. Some people, their parents, you can see, man, I hung out with Fred Butts. He had lunch. I'm just saying. God has used food in my life all the time. I had lunch. He had lunch. We sat down in the hallway. I'll never forget. And we're opening lunch. And I'm looking at him saying, dude, what do you got, man? Your lunch don't look like my lunch. He's like, your lunch don't look like mine. I remember us sharing lunch. I remember we had the guts. He had little like 
uh, they were called plat rows at the time, you know, not dreadlocks and all this. He had plats, and I, and, and, and I have my mop top, dude. <laughs> and he, I'll never forget one time he said, can I touch your hair? <laughs> and I said, only if I can touch yours, because, man, I've been wanting to touch. What does that feel like, man? <laughs> and I'll never forget asking, well, can I come over here? I said, yeah, I don't know. That'd be good in my neighborhood. But, man, him and I got to be close friends, and we, we had a, we, a unity. We weren't divided by our race. That's something that happens. That's something that sinful people do. And the more you talk about racism, the more you're going to have it. I'm just going to say that point blank. The more you talk about racism, the bigger deal you make out of it, the more there is. You know what? Well, you don't understand what it's like to be like, no, I don't. Fred Butts is my only, my, I mean, well, I got black friends. Oh, that's what all white people say. No, the more you talk about this racism, you really want to get past the racism, start making friends with each other with Christ, our unifying factor. And you will start seeing that you will quit looking at differences and you will start looking at the similarities. You'll look at what God has put us together to do. And Christ will be our race and not everything else. Why do you think Obama, and again, I'm not being political, but he started it. He started bringing up racism and all of this and the different presence. It's been in our society and it has not made racism better. It has divided us. And again, this is not some Fox right wing. I don't even watch Fox. They're too liberal. I'm just saying that's where I'm at. But it's garbage. The whole media is garbage. I don't want what the media has to tell me. I want to know what the word of God has told me. And look at the word of God for Christ himself has brought peace to who? Us. You in the world are watching the TV. I, I, I saw this meme the other day. I said, oh my goodness, if, if you watch mainstream media, we are in the midst of the most deadly pandemic the world has ever seen. If you don't, it's Sunday. <laughs> They're dividing us. They're dividing us. They're dividing us so that we can't stop evil. We're trapped by all these other things, and it's so easy for us to do it. I don't want to know what the media says. I want to be informed to know what the world's doing, but it's not going to take precedence over the Word of God. Look at the Word of God of this, this, this verse. Christ himself has brought peace to who? Us. My Canadian brothers and my southern Florida brothers, you know? It's like, man, my uh, whoever we are, and I'm not just picking on Canada, man. I'm just... He, not at all. I love you guys. I can't wait for y'all to come. And you're not even Canadian. You're like Scottish or something, aren't you? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Braveheart. Let's go. Was he Scottish? Was that a... Come in with that paint on your face next week, bro. Let's go. Freedom! Right. Christ himself brought peace to us. I don't care who you are, what your age, what your color, what your preference, where you lean, what you do. Christ is our centerpiece. He's the cornerstone we're going to see. Christ himself brought peace to us. He united. What does united mean? The opposite is separated. He united Jews and Gentiles into how many people? One people. He united. Well, I don't want to lose my culture. I don't want. Well, you know what? If your culture is more important than Christ, then you don't understand the lordship of, 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 of Jesus Christ. And I'm talking to us white people. I'm talking to us rednecks. I'm talking to Southerners. I'm talking to everybody. If our culture is more important than our Christianity, we're in a bad spot, and we're easily divided, and we're missing the mark as to why Christ called us to begin with. He said he united Jews and Gentiles into one people when 
in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. You see, when Christ, you remember Christ's priestly prayer before he died on the cross? You remember he he prayed in, I think it's John 17, he prayed, he said, Lord, he mentioned it like three or four times, said, Lord, make my people, what? One. Make them one. Make them one. Make them one. How can they become one? The only way they can become one is if they become believers and they have one Holy Spirit in their life calling the shots. How can they have one Holy Spirit in their life calling the shots? Only Christ dies on the cross and makes that sacrifice applicable to us. So when he was praying, make them one, Morgan, you know he's praying? God, okay, in a little while, they're going to come and take me and arrest me illegally. Judas is going to betray me with a kiss. Man, the the disciples are all going to scatter. I'm going to be beaten beyond recognition. I'm going to be crucified on a cross, and I'm going to voluntarily die on that cross. Let it happen. Let it happen so we can be one. So we don't worry about what culture you are, what color you are, what denomination you are. We don't worry about all these different divisions the world has because how many are we now? One. And at one, we are one in who? In Christ. You tell me how this scripture says anything different. You keep listening to the media and let them divide you. Both sides. All sides. Because the more people each side has, the more power they have. I don't belong to either one of them. I belong to Christ. Amen? And I'm preaching to me. Because Lord knows, you ever meet me in a Walmart parking lot, I can get a little riled up over some things. I'm just saying. Isn't that right, my Canadian brother? Yeah. But when God convicts me, I'm going to apologize because I missed the mark. I need to be riled up about Christ. Look at this. He united Jews and Gentiles into how many people? And that's Greeks and everybody. Paul, you're not a Greek. You're not a Jew. You're not a, you're a Christian. In his own body on the cross, he broke down the walls of hostility. We get saved by keeping the law. No, you don't get saved by keeping the law. That's what half the New Testament was written to. People arguing and fighting over that. He said, no, you all are one in Christ. He broke down the wall of hostility that did what? Separated us. Because if we're separated, how we're like a sieve. We're like a screen. You know, we're like a, a, a chain link fence trying to keep out a flood of evil. It don't work. We got to be a strong bulkhead seawall, be united in Christ. Keep the main thing, the main thing, and the main thing is Christ. He said it separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles. Look at this, by creating himself one new people from two groups. One new people is like, so he took some lead, poured it in, took some gold, poured it in, took some silver, poured it in. And, and, and again, just like in a marriage, if I've ever married you, we usually have like some symbol. Y'all had the skateboard and the, the trucks and the wheels. It all two became one. It's the same picture that we have in our Christianity. Yes, he made us all unique and different so we can reach those people. But the unifying factor is Christ. And we can't forget that because the world wants us to focus on these incidentals and things down here. But he melted us all together. And when you melt it all together, it's a beautiful work of art. In fact, it's so beautiful, he calls us his masterpiece in all of that. 
if you're his masterpiece, you're his masterpiece, you're his masterpiece, you're his masterpiece. Can you imagine what's going to look, what it looks like? Because he's got you all to put, put together. What a beautiful masterpiece. So look at this, man. He, it, it, by creating in himself one new people from two groups. He didn't raise each individual group. He raised the whole group by combining them together and putting himself as head of all of that. Together as what? Dude, even my snowflake, snow flurry friends that just moved here from Maryland, crab cake capital of the world. No, I'm just, I'm messing with you guys, but they're like, oh, they're from Maryland. Yeah. All right, let's get together. The Wisconsin people got a little thing going. Did I lose my, oh, huh? Just Marylanders? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't even have a name. I'm just saying. Crabbies, all right? <laughs> Maryland Crabby. I'm just messing with you guys, man. But yeah, no matter where you're from, no matter how many y'all, I mean, I, I love it when people move here and they kind of fit in, they get accepted. And then after about a year, they're like, oh, those snowbirds. They're here. After a year, they're like, oh, those snowbirds. They're like, dude, you were a snowbird. I've been here long enough. I remember when you were, you were a snowflake. You were coming and going. Then you became, then you moved here, and then now you're a local. I'll get with a local sticker after six months, all right? I'm just saying. I'm a Florida cracker. I've been here my whole life. I've seen a lot of change, but guess what? Nothing changed in my life more than when Driftwood got started, and he gave me the ability to love, truly love the people I used to hate. I'm going to tell you, locals hate you snowbirds. They do. They may not look at it on the outside. If you profit them in business, they'll, they'll do whatever. But, oh, you really want to win their endearment? Say, oh, yeah, if it wasn't for us, you'd be paying, st you'd be paying state income tax. <laughs> no, I'm just saying all these different things. But I'll never forget when we started Driftwood, and we thought we were going to minister to surfers and stuff. We had a meeting with a guy that did demographics for us. He said, you guys aren't ministering to, to surfers when you're here. You guys are mentioning the snowbirds and a lady with her sweet little Texas voice. I'll never forget as long as I live. We're in a little condo. She says, you mean God's calling us to love the people we hate every year? Because now it takes us an hour to get somewhere. It took us 30 minutes and the restaurants are crowded, everything. And they jack our prices up because they bring nothing but money, but they don't increase the supply, but they increase the demand. Go look at the economics of it all. That's why he's problem. But, and God cut my heart. Mac, I've told you a story a bunch of times. God cut my heart that day because he said, man, he said, you got to love the people he brings here. You got to love them. That's why I'm bringing them here. And I said, you got to believe, you got to give me the ability to do that because I grew up in Orlando when they filmed Tarzan movies there, literally. And you watch it go from a cow town to what it is now. You can get bitter over stuff like that. Because everybody who comes here, we got one Culver's now because y'all Wisconsin people need it. Pretty soon we're going to be overrun by Culver's. That's the way it always works. <laughs> I'm just saying, but listen, don't get me wrong here. I prayed and God gave me the ability to love everyone that I have an encounter with. Even you folks from Michigan. Oh my God. I love you guys more than anything. You guys are just moved here in the past had been like, yeah, we're going to make them earn it the hard way. No, dude, come on. I love you guys. He gave me the ability. And that was the difference in Driftwood. I hope you have felt love when you come here because that's what it's about. It ain't about where we came from, where we are, whether you're a snowbird, snowflake, snow flurry, 
whether you're a, a, a long-term resident, those are just categories that the enemy wants to use to divide us. But we're all one in Christ. He removed the hostility towards each other uh, when he was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. So again, Jews were on the inside looking out and the, the, the Gentiles were on the outside looking in. And he brought peace because he got rid of the distinction and the distinction was now about Christ. Now, all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit. Hey, Bob, who do you need to bring you to God the Father? Holy Spirit, where are you from? I know you live here for a little bit. You're from Okeechobee now, dude. He's Okeechobee. And where were you from? Fort Pierce, where are you from for that? New York, you mean, <laughs> you mean y'all have the Holy Spirit in New York? I'm just saying, I'm joking. You literally, so the same Holy Spirit that is in New York that is in Florida, that is because he's in us, we all need that same Holy Spirit to bring us to God. So what do we focus on? The separation, the differences, or the similarities? So I, as a Florida cracker, deep woods cracker man, and I never preached in camo, and some of it's coming out today, I think. I'm sorry, but you mean I can hang out with you city boy New York man? I mean, you know, maybe you're like, well, yeah, because we have a Holy Spirit, and we've had some fun together, haven't we? And, and I miss you, man. He's like, well, that's why I moved out to Okeechobee, so I don't want to see you on Sunday. <laughs> no, but... Now, all of us, all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done with how many of y'all ever heard somebody say the Trinity is not in the Bible? Trinity is not in the Bible. That's not even in there. Well, look at this. We can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. And we need them all because <laughs> they're all God. Amen? Now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. Isn't that a good thing? You New Yorkers and you Vermonters and you, you whatever y'all, snow. Oh, he's the one who said, we're not a snowflake. Politicians said, we're snow flurries. A little tough. Yeah, you snow flurry that now live here, have moved here. Yeah, I mean, he came from the other cross, the other side of the state, you know. Where'd you come from? Huh? Michigan. Hey, all right, y'all see that, man? But that does that's good. Y'all enjoy Michigan. Being from Michigan, you're a Christian. Amen. So we all, how do you get to God? Through the Holy Spirit. How do you get to God? Through the Holy Spirit. How do you get to God? Through the Holy Spirit. He said, you're citizens along with all of God's holy people. Did you know that there are citizens of heaven that don't even live in this country? <laughs> there are citizens of in China. In fact, there's pretty strong ones in China and Russia and Haiti and other places. In fact, you know, a lot of them are praying for us because they see how weak our Christianity is and how strong theirs is. You're citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Amen? That's our number one distinction in life. I'm not saying go scrape your Trump stickers. I already scraped their Biden ones off. I ain't seen none of them, but I'm just saying everybody's got stickers. I'm not saying get rid of all those stickers. In fact, don't be having a, a, a Christian sticker unless you're going to drive like a Christian like me. I'm just, oh, Fernanda, she was following me down US 1, and she caught up to me finally up at the mall, and I'm just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm responsible for on that, but she had a smile and like, oh, hey. But then she did bring up driving in a prayer on a small group Bible study night. But anyways, 
man, we're citizens along with all of God's people. We're members of God's family. Is there anything more important than that? Jimmy Garland, is there anything more important than being a member of God's family? That's our number one distinction of everything. Together, look at this word together. Everybody just say together. If it did nothing else, but it kept you awake right now. Together, yeah. As opposed to apart. This whole world is trying to get us offended and divide us. God says we should be together. Together, we are his house. We're all part of his temple. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And look, he even tells us how it works. He said, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Everything that was preached in the Old Testament, everything the apostles taught us, that's a foundation. And Christ, it was all built on Christ. He's the cornerstone that was laid. When they built those buildings, they put the cornerstone. If the cornerstone was whacked or off, what was going to happen to the rest of the building? It was going to be off. He's perfect. And we are nothing but additional stones being laid. And we're being laid and we're building a beautiful temple for him. And again, your, cor- your stone doesn't need to have an Alabama Crimson Tide A on the side as much as you think it might. I'm just saying, in Alabama, that's pretty important. It doesn't have to have a Florida flag on it, and that's me. (laughs) I got one on everything, but I'm just saying what should be on every one of ours is Christ. And the cornerstone is Christ himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming. How many of y'all are part of the building already? But you ain't, it's not done. We're becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles also being made of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. So check this out, guys. You were dead, but God made you alive. We were divided. In fact, you may even come in here being divided. Lose that division. Understand your main purpose is Christ. That's all that's going to matter when it's all said and done. So we were divided, but Christ unified and brought us together. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing, and the main thing's Christ. Again, I shared this with you. I'll end right here. There is now one race. That ain't real popular right now. Maybe we should come up with something like Christian Lives Matter. (laughs) Maybe instead of coming up with something, we should just live it. How about that? How about we live it and people know that, that the Christian life matters. That's all that's going to matter when it's all said and done. And if we live like Christians, do you think we're going to treat other races, if people want to be divided, do you think other races are going to be treated the way they're supposed to be treated? More so than if we try to do it in the flesh. Everything's going to work out when we do it his way. There's one race. Put all your effort, all your energy, all your knowledge, all your studying, all your everything into this one race, the Christian race, and go run it. Go do it. Let's pray. Father, I pray that there's somebody here that doesn't know Christ, that they don't know that they're going to heaven when they die, or if you were to rapture us right now, they would go. That if, if, Father, they just don't know for sure where they're going when they die. If we're driving around a city and we don't know where we're going, that's called lost. So, Father, I pray that you would, uh, you would be their ways. You would show them where they're going show them the reality of where they're going. And if it's not heaven, Father, give them a desire they can't refuse to give their life to Christ and know they're going to heaven. Father, um, and then help them understand that they're part of the biggest family in the world right now. 
that they're part of your family eternally. It's, it's going to be pretty awesome. The most awesome family reunion we'll ever have, and we'll be together forever. That's going to be awesome. But Father, help us to stay focused. Help us to remember that silly opening illustration of how easy it is for someone to get in between even us and, and someone we love. <clears throat> what little things we use to get us distracted or to get us hurt, to get us upset and get us divided. <clears throat> Help us remember that that unity is so important because it's our job right now to bring people to Christ and Christ to people. And I pray, Father, that we'd be distracted by nothing else. I pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.